Today's episode of The Chaser Report brought to you by Cups. Use them, fill them, make them, spill them. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report for Monday, the 26th of July, 2021. And Charles, a special episode today. Um, Yes. In the UK, uh, last week they had a special Freedom Day, a day when all restrictions were stripped away and life went back to normal. No masks, no caution, no social distancing. And speaking as someone who's now in the fifth week of lockdown in Sydney, this sounds like a fairly appealing idea. It does, unless you're (laughs) concerned about COVID absolutely exploding all over the country. (laughs) So we thought we'd look into this and see whether there really is a better life on offer in the UK. Sarah Kendall's a very old friend of ours. She's a legendary comedian. And she did the ABC series Frayed, which you should check out if you haven't previously come across it. So the whole episode is just us talking to Sarah about life without restrictions. But before we do that, Charles, let's go to Rebecca Dinamino in the Chaser Newsroom. Thousands of protesters in Sydney and Melbourne gathered on the weekend to protest against the lockdowns and punch horses in the face. Most of the protesters did not wear masks to protect themselves from the virus. However, authorities say that so far all of them have tested negative. For IQ. The New South Wales state government has today called on all other states and territories to do the right thing and hand over their excess stocks of Pfizer vaccine to ensure that New South Wales has enough supplies to vaccinate their private schoolboys. Dictator of Victoria Daniel Andrews has announced a plan to build a wall around Victoria and make Sydney pay for it. When New South Wales send us their people, they aren't sending their best, Andrews claimed at a press conference. They're sending Peter Credlin, they're sending Alan Jones, and some, I guess, are good people, but we can't take that chance. That's the latest news you really shouldn't trust. I'm Rebecca Dayunamuno. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Today's episode of The Chaser Report brought to you by that cup of tea you made this morning and then you forgot to drink it, so you popped it in the microwave and then you forgot to get it out of the microwave, so it's just still in there. Now, while more and more of Australia is locked down with each passing day, it seems, over in the UK, where almost everyone's vaccinated, they celebrated a thing called Freedom Day last Monday, the day when all the restrictions were wound back and life returned to normal while there were COVID cases going on and while the Prime Minister was in isolation. So not entirely free, perhaps, but certainly doing a lot better than us. So to gloat, our very good friend Sarah Kendall, comedian and star of the ABC show, Fraid, (laughs) is on the line from London. Hello, Sarah. Hi, I'm also the Taskmaster winner, so you might want to... Just and also know. the Taskmaster no big, it's no big deal. Yeah, it's no big deal, but I'm just Series 11. Sorry, what, what's Taskmaster? <laughs> so how's freedom? Sarah, you look relaxed. Very relaxed, Dom. Um, it kind of, I was trying to think of what this reminds me of, and I don't know why I remember this because I don't particularly like this movie. Do you remember Fight Club? And there's a scene in Fight Club where Tyler Durden 
just says to the other guy, uh, he says something like, oh, just stop trying to control everything. And then he takes his hand off the steering wheel and puts on his seatbelt and accelerates the car and they drive off a cliff <laughs> sort of into a, into, a, into a ravine killing everyone on board. It just feels like that's what we're doing. We're just going... Hands off the wheel, accelerate, put your seatbelt on. You know, you've had your vax. I mean, they're sort of saying that it's now conceivable that we're going to be looking at 200,000 infections per day. I don't know why I'm laughing. I just don't know why I'm laughing. But I think that the logic of the government is to get the devastating third wave to actually bring it forward so it doesn't coincide with winter. I, I have read that that is an actual strategy to get all the people dead and dying and in hospital before winter, because in winter you get all of the other sort of seasonal, mm. you know, you get flu season. So what they want to do is just bring the, the tsunami of death and destruction forward by a few months. If you're going to cop it, you might as well cop it now, right? I think, yeah. Nobody knows, like, nobody knows what's going on because um, on the one hand, when Boris Johnson had been exposed to a cabinet minister who had COVID. He said, we're doing a pilot scheme. We're actually not going to self-isolate. And then everyone went, what? And he went, no, wait, we are going to isolate. Everybody isolate, but you don't have to. But if you get pinged by the app on your phone, you might want to isolate, but you don't have to. It's very much a personal choice. So it's just chaos. No, and most people have deleted the app because it was pinging so much that um, I, th- I, think, I think nearly 20%, I think 10 to 20% of people have now just deleted the app. Wow. Like we're, we're, you know, the vaccination rollout has been phenomenal over here, but I'm not quite sure how that works in terms of, I think you can still spread it and you can still get sick and you can still catch it. Like I do know a couple of people who are double jabbed who have caught it, but they're not dying. But I don't know. What the, what the fuck do I know? I'm not a virologist. <laughs> the thing that I heard was that it's just a different sort of set of expectations, which is that, you know, you had 160,000 people or so die last year from COVID. Right. And so, you know, the idea of, like, I, I, I'm pretty sure the expectation is with this Freedom Day, you'll see, uh, what is it, a, a thousand hospitalizations per day. Yes. As a result of yeah. this way, that's the new yes. sort of thing. Yeah. In yes. contrast, you know, like New South Wales in, is in a panic because we've had a hundred people hospitalised from COVID in the last three weeks, right? But yeah. the whole difference is that you know you had one hundred and sixty thousand people die from it. We had hardly anyone, mm. and so. You know, like there's a different baseline to go for. Are you saying the low-hanging fruit's already been picked, Charles? No, (laughs) no, what I'm saying is that, like, actually, you know, with Boris Johnson, like Freedom Day, it's totally acceptable to go, oh, well, you know, like if 50 people a day die from it, you know, who cares? Is that I think I think that I think that even that is suggesting that there's some sort of strategy. I actually think that even even what you said then sounded like a strategy. And no. what I think is abundantly clear that there is no, there is, there is no coherent strategy and it's sort of got a bit of a hunger games feel like you just kind of go, well, you know, you know, it, it is this kind of, well, you know, if your time's up, your time's up, you do get this existential, oh, wow. You, it's quite an extraordinary thing in a, in a first world country to kind of go, 
well, I've had a good life, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm 45. I've, yeah. I've had, I've had my kids. It's all downhill from here anyway. Like I can already see the writings on the wall that I'm just yeah. going to get wrinklier and sicker. And yes. I'm just, I'm, I'm at the lost stage of life. Like I've peaked and now things are going to be taken yes. away from me. It's all decay. Right. Exactly. I've turned, I've turned the corner with my sort of biologically. So, yeah. and then you kind of go, well, if I got taken out now as opposed yeah. to when I'm 55 or 65, in the grand scheme of how old the universe is, is that realistically a tragedy? Yeah. So in some ways, Boris Johnson is like a philosopher king. Like he's... He's a genius. He's, yeah. he's a Yeah, yeah. He actually gets the pointlessness of life more acutely than any philosopher. And he's running with it. Like philosophers yes. think it and write a boring book. Mm. He's thinking it and he's running a country and he is actually ruling a country going, really, we are just a, a nanosecond in time, if you think about it. It's kind really. of like a second Brexit, right? Like the people of the mm. UK have just gone, nah, we're done. Yeah. Nah, we don't really yeah, have a plan done. for this. We don't really know how this works now, but we're just, yeah. we're just done. No, no strategy. It's, yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. It's, we are bored. It's actually, we are so bored of lockdown that I think, because and, and bear in mind, the last lockdown was horrific. It was winter time. Uh, it was a very cold winter. It was like three degree days. Everyone was locked down from January through to March, and doctors were handing out antidepressants like lollies. Like all you had to do is go to your doctor. I'm struggling. I know like four of my friends who went on to antidepressants during that particular lockdown, and there's just no questions asked. You know, it was just people behind masks handing out antidepressants to other people behind masks going, do whatever you got to do to get through this. And I do think that there is a weariness over here about, okay, if we do lockdown, then for how long? And then another lockdown after that, and then for how long? And then another lockdown. Like I can understand people's frustration, but on the other hand, you've got every scientist in the country and every NHS trust going Yes, that's all well and good, but we are actually going to face an absolute crisis of healthcare. We're cancelling major surgeries. We're cancelling transplants. We're cancelling cancer treatments. And that's that's the part of the argument that is almost like the third argument removed, which is, well, sure, there is that level of frustration, but even a partial lockdown would alleviate a lot of these sort of knock-on effects that you're going to have when the hospitals are struggling. Even just the, the things of you got to wear a mask and just meeting outdoors, which is in the summertime is absolutely fine. They don't even have fucking air conditioning in this country. So you want to meet outdoors anyway. So it just kind of. Hang on. But like, you, you don't have to wear a mask. Is that, is that, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the is that part of the freedom they think? Yeah. You're allowed to just get infected and infect. Like that is like holding on to your freedom <laughs> that you do. It's not. And, and, and the mayor of London said, you still have to wear one on transport. Um, and but the thing he, that's really is he a communist, is he? Yes, yes, he's an absolute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's a real, he's a real, he's a real problem. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I was hoping, Sarah, that by talking to you, we'd be able to get a bit of a preview of life at the end of this when it's summer here in Australia. We've got vaccines. We can just go outside yeah. and enjoy life again. Evidently not. Well, what we're doing is just walking into a next inevitable lockdown, whereas if we just kept a few restrictions in place, if we just, not not fully locked down, but by taking away all the restrictions, the inevitability of the NHS being overwhelmed is, like, that's what you're trying to do. You're just trying to keep enough hospital beds. That's, that's it's just a numbers game. Oh. Uh, look, this is, oh, look, this is my opinion. All right, look, I mean, I'm just a person who just, you know, like I'm just yeah. another person with another yeah, but, opinion. There's no, and please, but, can I just say the caveat on all this is that yeah. this is just my opinion. Like, are people moving against Boris Johnson? Like, does he have the endorsement of his cabinet? Like, it sounds suicidal. He, uh, look, I, I'm, I'm not the person to ask about this. I think the general sense is that there is a lunatic fringe of backbenchers who have just cocked a rifle to his head. It's exactly like Brexit. Where mm. they, yeah, just yeah, gone, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and they're going, if you want to remain in place as the Prime Minister and have yeah. our favour. You've got to make and, and lots the, of and, people die. But last year, this was the plan, wasn't it? Weren't they going to lock, lock away all the old people and just let it go freely well, in the community before anyone was vaccinated? Well, they did, a, they did a half version of that where they locked away all the old people and then brought COVID into the care homes to kill them all, <laughs> um, which was an extraordinary oh, Venn diagram yeah. of the two plans. What they did was combine the two plans that you just mentioned <laughs> in what can only be described as a catastrophic strategy. Um, so what they did was they, um, uh, under, under um, uh, Matt Hancock's um, watch, they moved a load of, um, people uh, untested and who had tested positive for COVID into care homes and it just went rife through the care homes. And that, you know, when we talk about 157,000 deaths, a lot of that we're talking about the care homes and the the fact that they just put people untested and positive cases into care homes with what what I'm starting to feel like is was it, it was a strategy. There was something about that that, that, that felt. Oh, um, really? Well, how can you? How can you not? How can anyone with even a basic understanding of how a virus works? Well, hang on, hang on, Sarah, 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 Sarah. Yes. Yeah. What? Like that sounds like you're suggesting that a leader would know what they're doing. Like we. we Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're trying to suit the best strategy. It's not true. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. (laughs) No, you're right. And that's every conspiracy theorist ends up at this point where they think someone's running the show. Like no one's. No one (laughs) is driving the bus. Nobody's driving the bus. We've got Scott Morrison uh, on on uh, Wednesday. He came out and for the first time took responsibility for something. He said, oh, yeah, actually the vaccine rollout was my responsibility. And then he blamed it immediately on a target. Cat. No, you're <laughs> absolutely right. You're absolutely yeah. right. There were, to suggest that there is a method in the madness is is is, yeah. the, is not a hill I want to die on. Like I always think it's a thing from the London Olympics where he went on, the, he went on that zip line and then he yeah. fucked it up and he was just sort of dangling there in midair, giving a thumbs yes. up for the cameras. I sort of imagine yes. that as his entire political career, like as prime minister, he's just yes. dangling. 
enjoying yeah. the freedom of being in the air. And every time he does that, more people like him. That's the bit that is so difficult. And that's, you know, that's what you get with a, a sort of populist cult of personality as we see in North Korea. You just see a, um, there is literally, I, I can't think of, it was that sort of Donald Trump thing where you go, I can't think of anything that you haven't already done that could turn the tide. Like you've done all the things that should have turned the tide against you. And eventually it did with Donald Trump. But mm. there's something very um, triggering for British people about Boris Johnson in that even though he's an object of ridicule, he is the kind of person British people and the British electorate love. They love posh, bumbling, funny, bit of a rascal. I mean, obviously, bit of a rascal in a world leader is not, I mean, that's not a, a, a character trait. It's not, it's not a, a character trait that you want. But there, he just taps into something that is so uniquely coded into the, the class system over here that he is born to rule. And there's a, there is just, he gets so much goodwill because he's born to rule. And it's just the, it's just the residue of centuries of, of uh, a, a, a very rigid class system, I believe. But I, I, I also think he, he actually understands the theatrics of yes. politics. Yes. And yes. the point is that he has never once been defensive about anything. So, oh, yes, oh, 160,000 people died. Yes, I'm probably responsible for that. You know, like, yeah. and, and the emotion that that betrayed, like, if you, if you think about it, if you're watching theatre and, and then ne there's never any shame, mm. then that character is immediately charismatic. It doesn't matter what they do. If, you, yeah. if you're loosely watching and not paying attention, then... Yeah. It's there was a wonder there was a wonderful interview where he was um he was questioned about there was a conversation he had with somebody about a journalist getting their kneecaps broken. <laughs> and they gosh. the interviewer was basically going, This is outrageous. That that there was a conversation where you didn't say no, don't do it. When the person said, you know, I could basically mess this journalist up. You kind of went quiet and went, well, whatever happens, happens. It was that kind of, it was that kind of answer. The answer wasn't emphatic. No, you must not beat up a journalist. And um, I don't know how, but Boris Johnson made it look like university hijinks. Like the way he was in the interview, he kind of laughed and went, well, I mean, okay, it wasn't my finest hour. And it just didn't stick it just did in the same way there was nothing that donald trump could do or say that would stick mm. and mm. it drives i mean i know it, it drives his opponents mad that, that, that boris johnson just has this ability to emerge from practically every scandal just unscathed and i i i, I can't i would have thought that the that the death toll over here would have been such an outrage but it just hasn't been. And people are so punch drunk and tired. It's very much like the Trump thing where you just go from day to day and it's another scandal and it's another minister breaking another rule. And there's this sort of sense of chaos where you 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 kind of go limp. You 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 sort of go, oh well, that's does, that's does just he, the way things are. Yeah. Does he do the same thing that Scott Morrison does over here, which is Scott Morrison will occasionally drop another scandal that his yeah. government is involved in. 
in order to neutralise the negative press of a previous scandal, just to get the oh conversation God. to move on. <laughs> oh, completely. And yeah, I know right, that okay. because I, that, that's such a major yeah. part of being in a relationship. That's a tool that you learn very early <laughs> on in a relationship <laughs> is to go, I've done a terrible thing, and then tell them the least bad thing that you've done to cushion the blow of the genuinely awful thing that you've done. Well, it was odd the um, other day when at the end of an interview, um, he, he said, look, I just want to bring something up. And he was talking about the rumour about him shitting his own pants. I mean, that is an unusual thing to do in yeah. politics is to voluntarily go to the, to the pooping incident. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's unprecedented, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. That's incredible. I mean, something. speaking of pooping pants, that's, uh, that was something I did want to touch on. And um, there is a, in the weekend before Freedom Day, I mean, even the fact that it's called Freedom Day, the way that they are selling this to the public, that you're being given your freedom back, not we are dancing off a cliff. Like, that's what is so amazing about this. But anyway, in the lead up to Freedom Day, we're having uh, extraordinary heat over here, as, as with, you know, we're seeing with climate change. Every summer, we're seeing the new hottest summer on record. Mm. Like, we just, each, each year, we're now smashing last year's record. So on the, on the weekend, people were out in the sunshine drinking like only the Brits do um, and just lobster red people absolutely out of their mind drunk. And I was in Margate, um, which is a, a, a seaside town, um, and uh, because of tra- we still got a lot of travel restrictions um, and a lot of flights are being cancelled. So we used to have this wonderful system in place that, you know, with companies like EasyJet and all the other cheap airline companies, it would sort of, um, it would transport a certain type of British person and plonk them somewhere in Spain or Italy <laughs> and then they weren't our problem. But with restricted travel, they're all here. Oh. And I actually, you actually <laughs> get to see... It's why Europe hates us. It's because they're the people who travel to the Costa del Sol and go and, you know, vomit on taxi drivers. And, and But now they're here. Like, we've got to spend our summer together. And uh, I, was, I was walking down a flight of stairs and um, I said to the person I was with, um, I, I, can, I can smell shit very strongly. And, uh, and she said, yeah, so can I. And then we got to the bottom of the stairs and there was a 25-year-old man sitting in his own shit um, with his pants, his pants were around his knees and there was, um, there was his, his own shit everywhere and his friends were videoing him and a security guard was, wanted to remove him but didn't want to touch the situation. So, you know, there was a security guard sort of saying, sir, can you please get up? And this person could not get up. He'd drunk so much he'd lost control of his bowels. And it just feels like that, that person should be in the Costa del Sol. They're not meant to be here. But with, with, with travel restrictions, that British guy is doing that here. And that's what I resent is that I, I, I feel like, <laughs> yes, the cheap flights were meant to remove him yes. and, and make him a problem in Italy or Sicily, but not here. I can like, imagine yeah. if that person was Boris Johnson and he just got up and went, do you still love me? Everyone would have gone, yes, <laughs> yeah. we do, yes. Boris. Yeah. How yeah. witty landslide. of you. Yeah. yeah, another landslide electorate. Yeah, I mean, it'd be another landslide. <laughs> I am genuinely sympathetic to British people going, we are in a never-ending cycle of lockdowns, enough's enough. But by taking away all the restrictions, what you're doing is actually contributing to another inevitable lockdown. If we just kept the common sense restrictions in place and still had a life, 
I, I just, it, there is something about this that when you see that the, all the virologists and scientists are going, we're now going to be looking at 200,000 new infections a day, mm. to be dancing towards those sorts of figures. Um, and then, of course, there's going to be another variant. Like any time you get a variant, it's when the infection rate goes rife. So it's like, okay, so we're also going to be bringing on another variant. Well, isn't isn't the whole thing that England's going to actually create the new variant? Because you, yeah. you, you've got the perfect thing, which is tons of infections and then evolutionary pressure against the vaccine. So, the you know, like the virus basically has to go, well, how do we get around this fucking vaccine that half the population has? And it's the yeah. environment. Yeah, I mean, we are, and, and that's why the, the, the world is watching going, uh, what the fuck are you doing? This is why I think that the World Health Organization was wrong to get away from place names for the variants. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think we should just name them, name and shame them. It should them. be the Margate variant. The fuck, it's yeah. not going to be Epsilon variant. It's the fucking yeah. England variant. Fuck you. Yeah. COVID's coming home. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it home. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Well, Sarah, I must say, it is fascinating how differently, given our common history and everything, has the British government's dealt with this virus. And it's just great to know that um, the massive, weird, crazy, getting it all wrong is continuing even as you all re-embrace society. So I'm, I'm quite cheered up to hear just how awful things are in the UK right now. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was going to be yeah, the opposite um, interview. It be really helpful for us here in Australia. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and we used to, I, I used to have a, I don't know, there's something about watching the, the floods in Germany and the heat wave in Canada and the, like... And so, Siberia starting... being on fire. Have you seen that one? Yes, yeah, Siberia. Siberia yeah. And, and, of course, uh, the ocean was on fire briefly there. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw the ocean, yeah. the, uh, the fucking ocean was on fire. <laughs> and there is something very calming when you go, mm. oh, it's just the end of, it is actually the end of days. Yes. Mm. It's all in the Book of Revelations. Though. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, We've got we've got a mice plague in Australia. I saw the uh, mice plague. I saw yeah. the mice plague, and and that, again, that is biblical. There is no. It's so did biblical. you see the Did you see the desert full of dead flamingos? Did you Did you see the? Oh um, yeah, that was, was Lake Nakuru. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. mind this you, that's actually ago. just late capitalism. That was just fertilizer, wasn't it? Oh well, somebody, that's all right. <laughs> somebody put some DET or DDT, whatever it's called, into the yeah. lake, and they all died. <laughs> and so all the pink flamingos, all the native pink flamingos in the world, have are dead. De- you know that I you? I went there on my honeymoon. <laughs> I went to Lake Nakuru. Well, it was fuck part of you, a, Dom. It was fuck part you. of a. I shouldn't have shat in that well. No, um, it was an interpret tour. It was an interpret tour, and they went to like three amazing, um, like parks. 
But this one we went to, it was the home of the amazing flamingos, but there were literally not a single flamingo was there. So we just went <laughs> and saw no wildlife for three days. <laughs> oh, amazing, amazing. What I, I mean, there's something that, you know, when I look at how, like the bad shape that the planet's in, and I, I should say to, 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 to the listeners, we, we've all known each other uh, since university. We've known each other yeah. for a very long time. And I do remember during a university days when somebody's lease on a on on their shared flat was coming up there'd, gen, there'd generally be a, a very big party where you'd go well fuck it we're moving out so you just mm. kind of trash the joint slightly yeah. Yeah. um and i kind of feel like that's what's happening with planet earth and us with planet earth as we're going our lease is pretty much expiring soon <laughs> so yes. we might as well and, and we're already looking for other planets yeah, to go to we're already looking house for hunting. other flats we we're looking yeah. for other flats. We're already house hunting, mm. and there's just this yeah. kind of, well, whatever happens, happens. You know, it's yes. um, yeah. We're moving out soon anyway, so everyone's it, got syphilis, so we might as well fuck each other. So yeah, or at I, least I, one I, of I, us has yeah. syphilis, so we all. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah, th- thank you for giving us a few laughs on our collective way down the plug hole. Yeah, look, I just want to say, I feel like I must say this because I always get the horrors whenever I do a, a, any, any podcast is that. I'm just another Joe Schmo with an opinion. And it's just, I, I hate the idea that anyone's going to get in contact and pull me up on any of this. Because... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. You, you, we'll just do a disclaimer. You, you're not an epidemiologist. You're just an expert I'm in a, life. I'm just, a, I'm just a barely functioning moron <laughs> who, who reads stuff on Twitter late at night and cherry picks what they're going to use in a conversation. You're just an expert in confirmation bias. <laughs> if there's if there's one thing that we've so far established in the months we've been doing this daily podcast, Sarah, it's that um, no one should take advice from us about anything. Thank you, Sarah. I think what our listeners want to hear is um, confirmation that everything is turning to shit rapidly, and I think you've delivered that with great, great success. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. That's great. No trouble. No trouble at all. Okay, I'm just going to go and cry now. So I've got to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to go and shit on a step. <laughs> I think, but the, should, are, are you meant to be buoyed up? <laughs> buoyed up by what? <laughs> the ocean being on fire. Oh, great. I'll get out my marshmallows. Yeah, yeah I do. I'm going to stop recording and start crying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Today's episode of The Chaser Report brought to you by the complimentary coffee that your co-worker brought you this morning. But it's actually a really awful cup of coffee. But you and your co-worker are not yet in a place socially where you can tell them your real coffee order, so you just sit there and begrudgingly drink it. I hope you enjoyed today's special episode with Sarah Kendall. I'm assuming you did because you made yeah. it this far or maybe you were in lockdown and you're just really fucking bored. Um, that's... No, no, actually, go to Apple iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and let us know whether you enjoyed today's episode, uh, but always just give us five stars whether you <laughs> yeah. liked it or not. Do five stars it, and then, then just say you hated something that we're doing. We don't really care about that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we're going to try and bring you some more special episodes of longer chats with people in the weeks ahead. Our gear, as always, is from Rode Microphones, and we're part of the ACAST Creator Network. A normal episode returns tomorrow. Catch you then. See ya.